Welcome to the Eden Podcast, where we think again about the Bible on women and men, and we start with the correct understanding of what happened in the Garden of Eden, back in the beginning. The work of the True 316 Foundation is based on the research of Dr. Joy Fleming, who wrote the book Man and Woman in Biblical Unity, Theology from Genesis 2 to 3. Listeners like you are joining us as members of the True 316 Foundation and support the work to true the verse of Genesis 316 and the seven key passages on women and men. It turns out, when Genesis 316 becomes clear, all the other passages become clear too. You can learn more at our website, true316.com. That's tru316.com. And at the end of this episode, we'll tell you about a special gift we have for new members. And now, Enjoy today's episode of the Eden Podcast. For season 11 on the Eden Podcast, we're going back in time and playing audio that we've never played for you before. I was doing a private Zoom series of sessions with a number of students, and I used PowerPoint slides that I referred to as we went along. You can see these presentations in full on our YouTube channel, I'd love to have you subscribe. It's simply True 316. That's TRU 316. And now, let's get started. Welcome to Think Again Workshop. This session is Think Again About Submission in Ephesians chapters 5 and 6. We're only going to be able to do part one in this session. There's a lot of material here, but I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be worth it as we begin our study with this first part. It's great to get together. I'm so glad you can be a part of it. And uh, God led you here, and we need to pray about it. So let's do that right now. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for communicating with us word by word in these chapters. We pray that your Holy Spirit will make them alive to us and help us to understand what you wrote what you intended for all of us to know and to apply it to our lives as well. We pray these things together in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's start with reviewing the Think Again Bible study steps. Step number one, think again about what the Bible says. Pick a target word, verse, or idea you want to study. In this case, our target is uh, Ephesians 5.21, but we know there's other verses around it, so we'll get to that. Step number two, think again about the context of your passage. So wherever the passage starts, it's before 521. What happens even before that? We're going to have to look at that because there are some good things to pick up and to understand. It helps us to know what Paul is getting to when he gets here. Step number three, think again about the content of your passage. Now, I'll give it away. The passage starts at 515 and goes through 6-9. It took me many, many years of studying this passage before I finally understood that. Many people start at uh, 518, or they start at 521 itself, or, or other places. And it goes all the way down to 6-9. There's very few people that will argue that it goes that far, but I think, I think you'll see that it does. Well, that's the context. That's the content. Now, in step number four, think again about the key images and or ideas do you have an idea what the key images are from this passage? What are the key ideas coming up? Step five, think again about the target verse. All right, so we've got a target verse, 521, and we will uh, end this session with an in-depth look at the uh, five Greek words in that, in that verse. Step six, think again about the points of application. 
It's God's word to us, and we need to apply it. We don't want to just study it as some dry document. And step seven, what does the Bible not say? Now, I'll give you a warning. A lot of people say this is the, the longest passage in the New Testament about marriage. Uh, it's not. That's not what it's about. And if we, if we think it is, we're already going to have ourselves biased against what, what Paul actually put here for us to discover. Well, let's see Mr. Lightning walking along here. Um, in Ephesians 5, 15 to 6, 9, there are two think again steps we must start with to follow Paul's thinking. Of the seven, these two stand out right now. Step two is the context. And as we'll see, he sets apart six section, sections in, in the second half of Ephesians. So in the book of Romans, there's chapters 1 through 11, and then there's chapters 12 to the end of the, of the book. And, and we see a, a very clear break in this book as well. Yes, we, we learn from the first three chapters, but grammatically, he starts out in chapter 4, verse 1, with the words, therefore walk, and then he adds other uh, repeated uses of therefore walk as he goes along. They don't correspond necessarily with the chapter breaks. Well, there's six of them in the three chapters. Couldn't do that. We'll, we'll look into that. And then step four, the key image. And the key image is found all the way down in 532. Paul teaches that Jesus joins all believers into one, one flesh body with him. This is found at the center of this passage in 531 to 32. The great mystery, mega musterion in Greek, was the surprising relationship that Paul's really focusing on in this passage. Another image that is a key concept in Ephesians 5, 15 to 6, 9 is that of the body. In Ephesians 3, 3 through 6, Paul explains that each believer is joined together with every other believer. Three times he adds the Greek prefix, which stands for joint. In the second instance, Paul actually uses the word picture of a joint-body. In reading this, then, you will be able to understand my insight that the Gentiles should be joint heirs along with Israel and a joint body and joint sharers of the promise in Christ Jesus through the gospel, Ephesians chapter 3, verse 4 and verse 6. Now, some of you might have heard already of the joint body metaphor. This is where it comes from. This is where I found it anyhow uh, some years back, and I've been using this as an illustration and a key teaching point ever since. Joint body, and he uses it with the prefix sun, S-U-N in Greek, joined to the, the word body. He further develops the idea of body in Ephesians 4. He says that Jesus himself is joined with all believers in this body. We might picture, well, we've got the body of believers. You know, that's all of us here in our house church or in our bigger church or whatever. No, no. He's, he's talking about joint body as believers and with Jesus. And you'll see how this fits now in Ephesians 4, 15, and 16. But speaking the truth in love, the Greek actually is fun. It says truthing in love. We may grow into him in all respects, who is the head, Christ, of whom all the body being brought together by every supporting ligament grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. I was studying this concept early on when we were teachers in Africa, and I looked down while I was studying this verse. I was standing outside our front door at the time, and there I saw an ant. Well, that little insect had a three-part joint body. 
No one part could function by itself. Each part worked with the other. Now, I'm not an artist. You can tell that. I don't have six legs like I should. and don't have two antenna. But I want to get the idea across. Take a look at the head, the abdomen, and the thorax. Is this part the ant body? No. Is the middle part by itself the ant body? No. Is the head by itself the ant body? Of course not. But put them all together, and what do we have? One conjoint ant body. Does that work? Yes. Let's try this illustration again. The human body has two parts, a head and a torso. In Paul's imagery, Christ is the head part, and believers are the torso part of a two-part spiritual body. This one joint body consists of what? Neither the head nor the torso, but the sum of its parts. The Apostle Paul uses the Greek word for walk. We're going to be going back to what we saw at the beginning of our session here. Walk. To refer how, to how a person walks through life. That's the Greek word, peripateo. In our English, we try it different ways. New American Standard says, be careful how you walk. Uh, the New International Version says, be very careful then how you live. That's fine. New King James, how you walk. English Standard Version, how you walk. I think we can understand that illustration. Walk, he's just talking about what you do, how you uh, conduct yourself, how you walk through life. The first three chapters of Ephesians are mainly about theology. The last three chapters are mainly about application of the truths found in the first three chapters of the book, and he adds more truths as he goes along. Paul repeatedly used therefore and walk together to introduce the six sections of Ephesians 4 through 6. The six walk sections of Ephesians 4 through 6 deal with practical recommendations then on how to live the Christian life. And at the end of his letter, Paul changed the word walk the sixth time to the word stand. And here he describes Christians who stand as they brace themselves and they've got their weapons in the warfare against Satan. Here are the six sessions, sections. Um, chapter 4 verses 1 through 16, is introduced with, therefore, walk worthy. Chapter 4, 17 to 32, therefore, walk not in vanity. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 6, therefore, walk in love. 5, 7 through 14, therefore, walk as children of the light. 5, 15 through 6, 9, that's our sections for, for this session. Therefore, walk uh, circumspectly, or very carefully, and chapter 6, therefore, stand against the devil. At the beginning of all these chapters, 4, 5, and 6, Paul starts this way. I make an appeal for you to live worthily in your daily life. I beg you to walk worthy of the calling you have received. What's our calling? I did some research, extensive research, in eight different countries in French-speaking Africa, and I surveyed them, and I asked, how many of... How many of your um, Christians are able to feed themselves and feed others? And then how many of the other Christians in, the, in your body are, uh, need the help of those Christians who are, are able to feed you? And they came up with the percentages of 5 or 10% in every uh, survey that I conducted. So I've put these numbers in for this session to help us. Some Christians, 10%, have the work of building up the other Christians. These serve as apostles, prophets, evangelists, and pastor teachers. By the way, those are Greek words, and they're hard to understand. Um, 
apostle is simply apostolos, prophet is prophetes, evangelist, the same thing. So the English words we have here really don't sound like normal English words, except that they brought them over and a lot of us are used to them. I'm going to give you a translation of them in a second. Most Christians, 90% in turn, work to build up the whole body of believers into a mature unity. And they have spiritual gifts, each of them, that they use. You could find those gifts in Romans and in 1 Corinthians, you'll see lists there. Well, the context then of chapters 5 and 6, uh, harken back to Ephesians 4.11. I drew a little picture here trying to explain to you. In the circle of light, we have a batch of believers. We got the sheep. And the ones standing up are those 10% that are gifted to, to help reach out and, and to others and also to feed the sheep that are there. Number one, we have the, uh, the messengers. You can see our people out here with the torches. They're outside in the darkness. In this case, I added a few details. We've got a couple of goats. One is listening to the messenger. The other one is looking at you, not listening, to, not listening to the message. But this goat that was listening now is taken over to the announcer. And the announcer has one foot in the circle and one foot outside in the darkness and takes the goat and puts it up on its lap and gives the explanation of the good news and that goat believes and is transformed, you can see the picture down in the lower right corner, into a baby lamb. They're born again spiritually. The harvester, the evangelist, is the one with two feet in the circle. The nurturers are the one inside taking care of this baby lamb and the older baby lambs. Then I, if I had details, I'd put batches of lambs together, taking care of each other. And then we have the announcers standing up here too. They're, they're also giving us the word of God. If you want to learn more about this, uh, my book, Women and Men in the Light of Eden, which is that, that green uh, copy I have there is available on the internet. You can get a hold of that. Women and Men in the Light of Eden. In chapter two, I go into detail on, on these different parts, those who build up the rest of the, of the body of Christ. Paul thought a lot about the Old Testament. He was a trained rabbi, and he, the only Bible he had was the Old Testament. And there are signs that he really reflected deeply on, especially the Garden of Eden. And he's about to make a proposal in chapters 5 and 6 that in Christ, life is better than in Eden. In the Garden of Eden, there was creation and there was an attack. One, two walked in unity with one another and with God. That's in chapter 2. The climax of it is in 2.25. And two... Those two were attacked by Satan and were defeated, Genesis 3, 1 through 6. But the rest of chapter 3 talks about how God made a way of, of escape and, and a way of salvation for us and a restoration. He, he actually seeks out those who were defeated. But here in the church, there's a new creation and a successful defense against the attack of Satan. So it's a very positive teaching here. One, Christ and the church were united, 532, therefore walk. And two, believers stood firm against Satan, Ephesians 6, 10 through 18, in the therefore stand section. Thanks for listening to the Eden Podcast, brought to you by the members of the True 316 Foundation. 
Research into the Old and New Testaments by Dr. Joy Fleming and Reverend Bruce C.E. Fleming forms the base of all our work. Joy is a former Old Testament professor and is a practicing licensed psychologist. Bruce is the author of the Eden Book series, which starts with Book 1, The Book of Eden, Genesis 2-3. We invite you to become a donor member of the True 316 Foundation as together we seek to true the verse of Genesis 316 and related passages. When you become a member, we'll send you an autographed copy of the Book of Eden. Sign up today by going to true316.com member. That's tru316.com member.